Welcome to A Counselor's Journey to Private Practice. I'm your host, Juan, and this podcast teaches mental health professionals to cultivate curiosity and build ambition in their journey to starting, growing, and scaling a private practice. Let's dive into the episode. All right, how's everybody doing today? And I hope that today is another good day for you. And, you know, before we dive in, I kind of want us to take a, a deep breath, if you will. Because as clinicians, we know the, the power, the strength behind taking a beautiful respiration. And I know that you're listening in today, you're listening in because you want to know how to set your feet for your practice. And I'm going to show you that. It's going to be very direct, very to the point. So you're able to not only acknowledge, you know, the process of setting fees, how to do it effectively so that you're growing, you're scaling, you're marketing your private practice effectively. When I started my private practice, I had no, I'll throw the F word out there, I'm not going to, idea on how to set a fee. You know, in my mind, that was like, well, you know, before that, I had a job as a personal trainer. And I was like, you know what? I'm making like $13, $15 an hour as a personal trainer. Maybe I'll uh, shoot for $50 an hour, $60 an hour, you know, as a clinician. You know, maybe something like that. And then I started to look around, and I noticed that the agencies, the agencies that wanted to hire me were like, yeah, you're more like in the $20 mark for about $30,000 a year. So that didn't feel too good. And then when I looked at contracting with other uh, private practices, it was roughly the same thing, some you know, some sort of like 60-40 split. Sorry, not 60-40, 70-30 split. So that really gave me a sort of lens, you know, wh- what was going on in, in the field and the opportunities that were available to me. So b- because of that, because of other variables, I wanted to really go into right out of graduate school, get my feet wet, dive into that ocean of private practice. And not knowing how to swim, you know, I, I learned along the way. And today I've got a beautiful freestyle stroke that has allowed me to be on this podcast to share my journey with you. So without further ado, let's get into the process of setting your fees in your private practice. Now, this is whether you are a newbie or you are a veteran. I want you, I want to borrow your ears. I want us to dive in so we are doing things effectively. Because the way that you lay out the foundation now, it's, it's really going to depict on what's going to take place, whether it's a month or five, ten years from now. So one of the first things you want to look at is your market. And market research, I mean, it's a fancy term, like market research at points where like, what does that even mean? Simply it means just, you know, know your microsystem, know the environment around you. So get on Google. Google is a fantastic resource and, a resource. and on there, I want you to do a Google search. During that Google search, I want you to look up, I want you to look up all the resources around you. Look up all the um, private practices that serve your ideal clients. And be able to document on a spreadsheet what fees you see. Do you see 100 an hour, 150 an hour, 250 an hour? Then I want you to start documenting the type of professionals you have hired. Are these psychologists? Are these psychiatrists? Are these licensed social workers? Do they have extra credentials? These variables, they'll play, they're helpful to know, um, though you know, they're, they're not all that we want to put our weight on. The most important keys to look at would be if you live like me. I live in Greensboro, North Carolina. So I, I will put in there Greensboro counselors. And then I will write down all of those individuals, all the private practices. Then after that, I will write down their fees. What are they earning? And as a side note, I'll kind of put variables in there as far as, oh, here's Sally. You know, she's got a PhD. Or here's Steve. He's a licensed social worker with the master's level. Um, here's um, Bob. He's got EMDR training. Those variables give me an idea of what individuals, patients are seeking and then when an individual is willing to pay a little bit more. Um, so again, you are doing this market research as step one, and really, here's a, here's a big reason why. You don't want to step into opening up private practice or running a private practice where your fees just make no sense compared to the um, environment that you're in. I, um, this past year, 
Now, this will be the first year that we didn't go to Disney. This is a side note, but it'll make sense, so roll with me. Um, and every other year, we are and have been a Disney family, so we'll get there. And, I, and I'll tell you, I'll be like, man, did I just pay, like, I don't know, magic number, $10 for a bottle of water? So, you know, what's, what's, what's said there is that those prices are ridiculous, and I pay them, yes. However, whenever you are building your private practices, your private practice, you want to make sure that your your fees are not ridiculous. You want to make sure that your fees are congruent and parallel with the environment around you, that microsystem. So an example of that would be if you are charging $150 an hour, then you know it, it should make sense that the clinicians around you charge between that range, maybe there's a $100 to $200 range around you, versus let's say you are charging $500 an hour, and then all the clinicians around your area and your microsystem are charging 100 an hour, right? That's a big, big gap there. And unless there's some key variables to explain that gap, it may lead to a private practice that is not full or uh, thriving, if you will. So again, the first one, market research. Um, take some of those strategies, get a sheet of paper, write them down so that you're able to effectively, effectively utilize them. Number two, the other area that we want to look at is numbers. Um, I am a big numbers person because numbers allow us to make sense of things, meaning, um, you know, we want to be able to know what our expenses are. What is your overhead? So again, let's get back to a sheet of paper. I know that you listen to the podcast so at some point. You will have a sheet of paper. Maybe you're not right now if you're running on the treadmill or if you were like me earlier today, listening to the podcast while cleaning the kitchen, <laughs> um, multitasking at, at your, at my convenience, uh, if you will. So going back to knowing your numbers, here's the key numbers I want to share with you that I think every clinician that is building a, a thriving, successful private practice needs to know. And this was taught to me by so many amazing individuals. Um, you know, one of them being Allison Pigeon with um, uh, Practice of the Practice, Joe Mastermind Group, just just so many. Melvin, um, all of all of you amazing individuals that have allowed um, allowed me to be where I am today, and you know the voice here that you're listening to. So as far as numbers, grab a sheet of paper, write down what your fee for one patient is. So if you have one patient, fee is equal to $100 an hour, write that down. Number two that you want to write down is what are your expenses? Tally that up. So if your overhead at the end of the at the end of the month, I'm going to do this on a monthly basis so it makes uh, more sense. If your overhead at a monthly basis, let's just say it's $2,000, give yourself that clean number. So then from there, it goes into question, why do I need to know my numbers? Well, we need to know our numbers so that you are profiting in your business and you're not going in the hole. You know, at the end of the day, if someone comes up to you and says, you know, how much have you earned? You want to know that number. You know, if not, then you're swimming in, um, you know, you're swimming in, uh, what, what is it called when you can't see through the water? But I, I'm sure you get the point. No one wants to swim in water that they can't see, you know, their hands in there, their legs in there. Some fish may go, whoa, and grab you. Now, from there, we're going to do an equation just to make sense of things. If I am working with, um, in my practice at $100 an hour and I see 20 clients, 20 patients in a week, that would come out to $2,000 a week. And in a month, that would come out to $8,000 a month, right? So pretty simple. Now, so far, that's just a numbers raw. So going back to graduate school, statistics, that's raw data so far. From there, you want to take out expenses. And let's just say my expenses are $2,000, you know, rent, um, psychology today, that type of stuff. So then I am so far at um, $8,000 um, coming in, $2,000 going out, I am at $6,000. Well, things that I want to play around with because we are in private practice, that means you are your own boss. You're not working for anybody else. 
So where is your IRA, right? Your investments, your kids' education, uh, money that you're taking home to pay your own bills, such as your mortgage or if you pay rent, your rent, not business rent, but your own uh, property, if you will, your residential property. That's where that, you know, big number, eight minus two, six thousand dollars seems huge. It's like, whoa, I just made six grand. Amazing. Well, you know, if, if you've got like like me, if you've got two kids at home, then you're looking at, all right, well, both of them, you know, need some sort of structure in their life. They need to make they need to, you know, be in academics and in sports and recreational activities, saving for vacation, saving for my RA, my wife's RA. Um, all of that starts to knock that number down. And you want to be able to knock it down as much as possible throwing taxes in there, right? You got that rough number of 30%. So you knock it down to a more realistic number. And what you may find, and this is kind of scary, what you may find is after expenses, after knocking that number all the way down, that you are earning like $30 an hour, $40 an hour, maybe more, maybe less, somewhere in that range. Overall, I think it's important to take a deep breath because remember, we are in private practice. So when you work for yourself, it also means you have to find ways to pay yourself and in all the avenues that a typical employer would pay you you know if you're right now if you're working for let's say like you know google then as a full-time employee they've got your health insurance they're paying for which comes out of your cut but a little bit of their cut you know you got your savings account that sometimes they'll match um all of that again is important to look at because a big number like a hundred dollars an hour and it's hypothetical we're playing with it here it may sound it may feel like a giant number you're like holding your hand up and go yes graduate school I'm done, I've got my degree, I've got my license, and I've got that $100 fee. And then someone knocks behind you, your CPA, your accountant says, yeah, let's have a conversation on everything you're going to be paying to knock this number down. So again, know your numbers. That may mean that instead of $100 an hour, you may charge $110, $120. So that's very important there on how to base your fees by knowing your numbers. The next area that I want us to look at is goals. Being able to set your fees is entirely dependent on what your goals are. What are your goals a year from now, 5, 10, 20 years from now? Are your goals to sell your practice? Are your goals to you know, maintain the economic uh, stability or stance that you're in? When I started my private practice, I believe that I was at $80 an hour um, starting off. And right now, I'm higher than that amount. So when we're looking at, I started in 2014. So we're looking at, you know, roughly a, we're in 2020, a six-year span, a continue to increase. Now, what I really like to encourage and like to share, especially when I'm sitting down with someone providing consultation, they'll say, Juan, so right now, if I start at $100 an hour, does that mean that five years from now, I'll be at $500 an hour? Cha-ching! And I'll say, man, that sounds good, <laughs> but no, I'm sorry. You know, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think we as clinicians, as healers, helpers, individuals that walk with others in their journey of life. I don't think we want to, you know, pose that onto someone. I wouldn't want someone to pose that onto me. But let's look, let's look at something a little more, you know, realistic, a little more rational. You could be at $200 an hour, you know, within that. And then again, I think at some point, because of market research, the first one that we talked about, you're going to have to cap it. Now, I don't, want that, I don't want that to scare you off. Like, let's say I get to my cap being 300 an hour for a psychotherapy session. I, I don't want that to intimidate me in any way of, like, of capping me and saying, Juan, the most you'll earn, just hypothetical, in a year is going to be 500000 Because, and this is not the topic of this podcast, of this episode, I'm sorry, um, we're going to get into another episode's side hustles, you know, passive income. That's where you can continue to grow that number. 
So again, you know, for this area that we just went over, it's all about looking at what are your goals, being able to write them down. Year one, here's my goal, connected to the amount of money that I want to charge um, for a session and how I want to set my fees. The last place that I want you to look at when it comes to setting your fees, uh, and this ties into the first one that we went over uh, with market research, is being able to identify your skills, your education, your training. So I'll give you an example of how this makes sense. Um, and I'll use myself as, as the example. I was doing consultation uh, with an individual earlier, and they, they mirrored you know, so much of, uh, of me, if you will, um, just being bilingual, um, being born you know, out, out of the States, and holding certain credentials and certifications. Um, so that was kind of interesting. But we sat down there, and we looked at their market area. Um, and, and they were further, further down south than I am. I'm in North Carolina. So they were sharing with me their market. And they told me that in their area, they did not have a lot of Spanish-speaking individuals as far as clinicians. However, they did have a strong Spanish-speaking uh, need for a clinician. So then we kind of wrote that down. And we said, you know, right now in your market, you stand out among other clinicians because you're able to provide um, a Spanish-speaking service with a strong cultural background, being that you were, um, you know, you were born and raised uh, outside of the States, and you got to know the culture very well. And then you came to this culture, and you got to know this culture very well. Well, this individual also shared with me their education, their training, certifications, and trauma. So we started writing those down. And then we kind of gave them hypothetical numbers. You know, we said, okay, right now, if your market, um, the average clinician is making $150 an hour, because you have these extra credentials, because you have this extra training, because you speak um, an additional language, what do you think that you know you should earn? And then we bumped it up. Uh, the number you know that we set on, and they're comfortable with me sharing this, came to 175. So their market area was about, I believe, uh, 130, and some one of the highest ones there was 150. So then he pushed himself up about a $15 raise there at 175. And it's been about uh, three and a half months that that took place, and it's going well. You know, last time that we did a follow-up Q&A call, uh, he was able to share that, you know, numbers continue to go up, and he hasn't had individuals share any, um, you know, any, any conflict, if you will, with that number being a little bit different than others. Again, you know, whenever you pick your number and how you're going to set your fees, it's important to look at, is this number rational? Are you staying within certain metrics? You know, if your area is roughly 100 to $200, you know, try not to charge $700, you know, that, that, that may um, paint the wrong image on your practice, on you as a professional uh, and the work that you're doing. And, th and this is just coming from me, coming from Juan. Somebody else may share, share it with you in a whole different manner. But you're here, you're sharing space with me. You trust that, you know, as I'm behind the mic um, and the experiences that I've had, the training that I've had, that is coming with, um, you know, and, and it's coming in an effective manner, in a manner of trust uh, and genuine relationship that we're building. So I hope that today has been helpful for you. I hope that you're able to feel, you know, uh, we started this with a deep breath, right? So again, take another deep breath in through your nose, out through your mouth. I hope that you are able to breathe and relax and say, okay, I feel comfortable setting my fees. At some point, I want to do an episode where we talk about vulnerability. We talk about confidence, imposter syndrome, or we talk about, you know, feeling that we can walk with grace, with strength with uh, Brene Brown, a beautiful version of vulnerability and bravery when we go into topics like these, topics like setting our fees. Because as a side note, my friends, this was a very, very difficult area for me. I struggled so much in setting fees. I struggled so much in setting fees to the point that I would, I would change my fees. I'd have people come in and say, well, could you do this lesser amount? And there was a part of me that 
had such a hard time saying, you know, no, this is my fee because I felt bad. Uh, I felt that I want to I want to be able to provide counseling. I want to be able to help and support you. I don't care about you know an extra 10, 20 bucks. And those were like those immediate automatic thoughts that came in. Going through my journey, I was able to acknowledge that you know those thoughts connected to insecurity, connected to doubt, connected to not being comfortable with a level of strong vulnerability and bravery. Uh, so now I'm, I'm able to share with you that when individuals approach me, and they continue to, I think maybe they continue to approach you in your life with statements like that, you're able to stand behind that number because a number is not just you know a number of money. It represents you know the education that goes to my children, uh, the the education that goes for me to continue um, engaging in education, pro bono work, just like this. You know, all of this right now at this point in my life that, I, that I'm here behind the mic, all of this is free. You know, there's no one paying me to do it, um, but it's through, you know, income that comes from a different direction that I'm able to have time where I get to support you in your journey of private practice. What I do ask as you can, you know, you finish up here with me today is that you give yourself a big hug. Do it, man. Everyone out there, give yourself a nice big old hug because you deserve it. I'd like if you're able to leave me a, um, a comment uh, or a rating. I don't know why I said comment. A rating. Let me know how I'm doing on here. You know, I hope that I'm doing well. I hope that I'm answering your questions and connecting with you on a genuine and a very supportive level. Um, subscribe if you haven't done so. One of the ways or the way to grow a podcast, you know, put it out there so that you know exactly how to grow a podcast is by listening like you're doing, downloading like you're doing, subscribing like you're doing, and then leaving an awesome review. So I hope that you're able to provide me with that kindness um, that's going to allow this channel to grow. And the main reason that I want it to grow is because, you know, the, the bigger it becomes, the stronger our family can be. And the stronger our family can be, the more voices uh, that are heard. You know, all the clinicians out there that need a little bit of help, a little bit of push and nudge, you know, getting them away from that darkness of burnout and into the lightness of, of thriving and success. They're able to dive into this podcast, listen, and, you know, go on that journey of life together with us. Thank you for being here with me. Have a beautiful, beautiful day. In your journey of private practice, I want to thank you for listening to the podcast. Please leave an awesome review and share this podcast with any counselor you think is working towards starting, growing, and scaling a counseling practice. Let's grow together in our journey. I'll see you in the next episode.